Hello everyone and welcome back to Nine Lives podcast episode 16. Oh my goodness, 16. I'm going to stop saying that every week but I just am. Uh, as always, just so happy to be here. <laughs> just That's the theme of this week is, man, I'm just so happy to be here. Happy to be alive. Um, thank you for the lovely feedback on last week's episode with Savannah. Uh, I'm going to pick my guests very carefully. Um, I think what this podcast offers is a little bit of a different perspective on fitness and on growing up and on life. And I'll keep the guests uh, to people who you want to hear from. So I'm just delighted that you all loved her so much. And I think it was nice that I could be a little bit more free and easy in that episode. So yeah, <laughs> we're very good friends now. I think you can tell a, a lovely blooming friendship. Anyway, um, guess a little bit of a life update. Um, but I, I have a house as of today. So that happened today. And I'm definitely still in a state of shock. It has not sunk in at all. Um, I've spoken kind of about this before, but just like finances for me was always something that was a really scary thing and something I really struggled to have control over and had real issues with um, impulse spending uh, on alcohol and food delivery services, everything really. And it's just nice to know that I have that discipline over myself um, and that you're able to come back from, you know, debt and, and not, 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 not knowing anything about money and feeling like you're out of control to now a place where I've just made an investment, guys, for the first time in my life after years of thinking that, heck man, didn't think I'd be around. So to have a, a home is, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'll sink in when we move. So we're moving, uh, we're going to pack this weekend and then move on Tuesday. So my goodness me, it's crazy. Um, but that brings me on to the topic of this week's episode, which is how to find discipline when you're struggling to function. Um, this is a really huge topic. So we're going to delve into a couple of different things. Some of them my words, some of them other people's words, some books, some quotes, some stoicism. Um, kind of tell my story a little bit more and because I know that you guys, you know, you love hearing the facts uh, and the figures, but you also like hearing it from the horse's mouth, someone who's been through it. So do a little bit of storytelling too. Um, happy Halloween <laughs> for tomorrow. I think, yeah, so this has come out on the 30th. So tomorrow is Halloween. Woo! I hope you all have a very safe and lovely Halloween and you enjoy your Halloween goodies and treats, please. Um, it's my favorite day of the year. <laughs> so I'll be, I don't know what I'll be doing, usually dressed up with cowboy, uh, eating, you know, we have like a big Halloween platter and watch scary movies. That tends to be what I do. So I think we'll be doing that. But anyway, let's get into this week's episode. So how to find discipline when you're struggling to function. So discipline is all about, um, all the concepts concept of discipline is all about controlling your mind and mastering your body that's kind of like the bare bones of it um but it's not that simple not when you suffer from mental illness or other things in life that have happened to you that make it harder for you to function that's why traditional training and coaching styles do not work for everyone often a gentle approach or a loving approach is what could work however i am a big believer in the need for something called temperance 
So before I get on to what temperance is and what self-discipline is, I'm going to tell the story a little bit of my previous lifestyle um, and how I got here. And if I look back on who I was four or five or six years ago or really in my early teens and in my, uh, sorry, my late teens and my early 20s, it was a perfect example of someone with zero discipline. Um, and I found it very, very hard to have impulse control. I found it very, very hard to stick to anything. I mean, I, I can, my parents will vouch for this, but I mean, I had a hundred hobbies that I wanted to start, but could not stick at. And I, I didn't understand why, you know, so I would everything from embroidery to lacrosse to um I mean anything and everything no matter how much I actually loved it and engaged with it I could not stick to it for the life of me I found it so so hard and for me the problem I mean the problems (laughs) there were a lot of different problems and um of course I'm not speaking here about um mood disorders or being neurodivergent those conversations have to be had and advice has to be given by doctors on those things but this is just me speaking about um my lack of discipline in my lifestyle um the one thing that changed for me um was movement obviously that was something that was the key that unlocked my the next chapter of my life and There's a story that David Goggins tells, and it's one that I'm probably going to butcher. And I mean, say what you will about the man, but uh, he he has an incredibly inspiring story. And he tells this tale of when he was very, very overweight and started running. And he ran past a graveyard uh, on his running route. And he remembers thinking, don't die like this man. Like, you can't go to the grave with all of the ghosts of the people that you could have been looking at you. And that quote really stuck with me. That really resonated with me. And I I heard that quite early on into my journey. The ghosts of the people you could have been looking at you on your deathbed. And I know that's (laughs) so dramatic and like, you know, but it's a lovely metaphor to think about all of the timelines and the people that you could be. And I was actually thinking this this morning on the treadmill and I put it on my stories, you know, the ghosts of the girls I could have been had I have changed earlier, had I have found this lifestyle earlier. And I think once you come to the realization that, you know, applied pressure very slowly can change the course of your life, little by little every single day making changes can add up to a totally different life lifestyle and person a few years down the line I want to go to my grave knowing I tried everything that I experienced everything that I said no goal is too big no dream is too big I want to try it all you know and of course not everyone wants to run ultra marathons and be a bit of a lunatic like that but this could be applied to absolutely anything whether it's just you know I hope before I go i do that painting I always wanted to do or I traveled to that country I always wanted to travel to or I became you know self-employed or whatever it is I hope that all of you listening and myself included get to go through life and say you know what I tried and mistakes are always a part of trying and failing is a huge part of it too but at least I bloody tried and the ghosts of the people I could have been are not going to follow me around 
So that being said, you know, running is what obviously it helped me develop discipline. And you listen to any other ultra marathon or marathoner or just casual runner um, or hiker, walker, whatever, anyone, anyone that does any physical sport will tell you that it's life changing to develop the discipline because when you put effort into something and you see a return and you see it it kind of come to fruition and the fruits of your labor really just materialize in front of you in what you are doing it's so motivational and it becomes so much easier for you to then continue on with the discipline but I'm going to read you a little um, summary of a book that I'm going to recommend to you it's called uh, Discipline is Destiny, and it's by Ryan Holiday. Um, and he's the daily stoic, so he talks a lot of stoicism. And, um, you know, I really love the stoic principles. I don't think they can be, be applied to everything at all times. Of course, every um, everything is, is flawed, and there's no perfect way of looking at life. But stoicism is something that's really interesting. And if you wanted to read more on it, he has some really, really great books. But I read this book... Um, just before I started my business, actually, because I was still struggling a little bit with having one foot in one lifestyle and one foot in the other and not knowing how to like click into that super disciplined mode of like getting everything done. Um, so this is a, a little excerpt from his book. Self-discipline doesn't deprive you. It grants you freedom. Tired of your surroundings? Hop on a plane. Dissatisfied at work? Change jobs. Crave pizza? Order it. Have an, option, have an opinion, share it. In much of today's world, people can do and access almost anything they want at the snap of a finger. And yet with all of this freedom, so many of us are unhappy. What are we doing wrong? President Eisenhower famously said that freedom is the opportunity for self-discipline. And this is the key. Unless we have temperance or the virtue of self-discipline, all of these things that supposedly liber liberate us, technology, privilege, success, will only leave us spiraling without direction or purpose. In other words, access without self-restraint leads to imbalance and dysfunction. And this is a really interesting, interesting way of looking at life and something that I wholeheartedly agree with. I think that discipline is freedom. Self-discipline is freedom. And a lot of people see, you know, the structure of whether it be going after running or, you know, a fitness journey, a weight loss journey, anything. They see that discipline as being something that's trapping and, and something that's going to, you know, it's going to create a lack in your life or it's a cage or it doesn't feel good. When actually self-discipline gives you freedom complete freedom in your life I would say for a lot of people it's you know freedom from illnesses freedom um, and I'm talking you know just like being uh, run down with a cold or anything like that you know freedom from um, freedom from jobs being you know having the skills the transferable skills to embark on, on entrepreneurship um, freedom from for myself mine is very much rooted in like freedom from my room and my bed and the, and the way that I used to feel very very trapped um, but that discipline and that applied pressure every day is what has uh, given me that freedom and I think seeing it as something in your mind that's like a bad thing that you have to do if you can rewrite that for yourself and start seeing it as discipline is something that 
gives me freedom and allows me to move into the spaces I want to move into in my life, then, I mean, you've got the key right there. That's the key that will unlock your successes. And I think, I mean, I don't want to get all preachy about today's society and the world we live in now and all this stuff, but we, we live in a very, very instant culture and allowing yourself to find joy and happiness in delayed gratification is I mean that is where the most successful people are and where they live and where the true happiness is because all the people that I look up to and whether that be fitness business anything it they have a sort of self-restraint that I really I admire and I think a lot of people kind of fall into this trap of like hedonism and needing it now and needing the kind of like instant like change or and you know all of these things that we kind of think of when we think of um modern day living basically and I I personally believe that temperance or having temperance in your life could be completely life-changing temperance according to stoicism Uh, which is also known as moderation, is all about acting with restraint, self-control and discipline. This virtue of stoicism means regulating one's emotions rather than being swept up in the heat of the moment. And this is a huge thing, being able to regulate one's emotions rather than being swept up in the heat of the moment. And this comes a lot into impulse control as well. The fact that when you feel something, you don't have to do the thing immediately. So For me, if I'm thinking about my journey, you know, the fact that I am able to now feel triggers or feel like I want something and I always automatically now take a step back, take a minute, take a beat, take a little bit of a rest and say, okay, you know, I'm wanting this thing. Is this the right decision for me? Is this going to aid me in my future goals? Is this something I can do at the moment is this something that's going to be good for me and if not what are the other options and more often than not when you take a step back from a situation or a decision and you allow yourself a beat and a minute to think about it or a day or a week or however long you need you'll come back at it looking at it with fresh eyes and with a different take and you'll be so glad you waited it's like when Okay, you get a text message from someone and it's not a very nice text message or it's a difficult problem at work or whatever. The worst thing you can do in that moment is reply with all of the emotions and say like, no, F you, this is not, you know, I'm responding with so much emotion and have like an outburst. That's the worst thing you can do. The best thing you can do is take a beat and take a minute and really just relax into that kind of like trust in yourself. Um take a moment and then respond but it's the same when it comes to uh, fitness or any of these kind of journeys having that self-restraint and self-control and allowing yourself to move from a place of you know regulated and calm regulation rather than emotion is so important and I'm not saying don't be emotional I am so, I am such an emotional person and I truly believe in feeling our feelings, you know, anger, happiness, sadness, they're all feelings that we need to feel. I just think we need to feel them, regulate them, then make the decisions or then make the movement that we're going to do. Like, I remember, (laughs) you know, I used to get really frustrated with myself on my running journey, you know, 
like between about, I'd say in like 2021 when I couldn't, I was struggling so hard to get to a 5K and I just kept trying and kept trying and it wasn't happening. I kept having to walk. I kept having to stop and walk and I couldn't, I just couldn't get my breathing and my heart rate to a place where I, where I could keep going. And I used to come home and I used to just crumple into a ball and cry and be like, you know what? I'm not going to go tomorrow. Like, it's not going to happen for me. For some reason, running isn't going to happen for me. I have like a broken body. It's not going to happen. Um, and I'd have these huge emotional outbursts and then I'd end up not running for two days. And that's the worst thing I could have done. What, what I should have done is practically look at it and say, well, yeah, you're on a fitness journey. It takes a long time to build your aerobic base. You can't just be a marathon runner from the beginning, but, you know, learn to stop and smell the flowers a little bit and pause and really enjoy the journey. And looking back, you know, I wish I'd had a little bit more self-control and discipline. However, you know, those are all parts of the journey as well. And that frustration is from a deep desire that I had for what I wanted and I'm just very glad that after two days of sulking I then went out and I tried again because mistakes are a huge huge part of of learning of growing as a human being a simple technique for practicing temperance regarding difficult decisions is to quickly identify at least one alternative for any decision that involves internal conflict try to think of at least one better alternative early in the process, leaving you with at least two options. This is a really, really, really good point. And I think it's something I do a lot in my head, like plan A, plan B is something I carry with me in like races, in business, in everything. So I know that the decision or the outcome of those of what I'm doing, I have two options to go to and two options to bounce between. And that kind of allows space for me not to fail and it makes it a lot easier because if you're just if you're looking at discipline from a place of like complete rigid it's this way or no way it's this way or the highway if I'm not disciplined and I'm not completely perfect then it's all a mess and I'm gonna throw in the towel you know if you have at least one alternative to the outcomes meaning okay for example I'm going on a run and I want to run for 20 minutes but I've got like I'm feeling a bit tired and sleep very well my stomach feels kind of sore um, and I decide then okay the other outcome is I want to run for 20 minutes but the other outcome would be it would be lovely if I could make it to you know one kilometer that would be option b and that means that even though I'm bending what I'm doing I'm not breaking it and I'm still allowing myself to show up so remember that giving 30% on a day where 30% is all that you have is 100% for you that day so you gave 100% and that's what I wish people could learn is that you know you, there's no such thing as a perfect life or a perfect timeline and there'll always be mistakes and things that come and slap you in the face and allow you and kind of not allow you to be disciplined because Discipline cannot be rigid. It has to be slightly bendable before it breaks and allowing yourself to just have those little things you do for yourself every single day is really, really important. So I'm going to talk to you about SMART goals, which is something that is a really, really good way of goal setting and allows you to kind of tackle a problem really um, sensibly, let's say. SMART goals is S 
Specific, write out clear, concise goals. M, measurable, the ability to track your progress. A, achievable, set challenging yet achievable goals. R, relevant, set goals that are relevant to your overall life plan. T, timely, goal has a target finish, time attached. So important. <laughs> so, this is something I learned about halfway through my weight loss journey with SMART goals because the beginning bit was all just me kind of stumbling around and not really knowing what I was doing, but, but getting better through therapy and just everything naturally sort of happening. But halfway through, <laughs> I remember I'd, I'd gone for a run in Scotland. I was at my grandma's house. I'd gone for a run and I had felt very, very bad about myself because I couldn't even run I don't even think I could run half a kilometer and I was you know I'd really plateaued in a lot of different things in my life including my weight loss and my fitness and on the train home from Dundee to King's Cross I it's a long train so I had a lot of time and I was looking up you know googling how to change your life <laughs> how to set goals and achieve them, how to not give up, all of this stuff. Um, because I wanted to research a little bit more into like how to set goals for yourself, how how to actually like say, right, this is what I want, how do I get there? And SMART goals kept coming up. And it's something that I learned then again doing my personal trainer qualifications, my coaching qualifications is uh, something I help my clients do because a goal has to be achievable and realistic. Of course, you can dream big and like if you're thinking five year plan, yeah, let's go for the ultra marathons. But it's really, really important to have goals in the beginning that you can achieve so that you achieve them. You feel motivated. You move the bench post, achieve them, feel motivated, move the bench post. So if we take an example of I would like to run a 5K for the first time. So the goal is run a 5K. Is that measurable? How do I measure that? So yes, I can measure that through a running plan um, and I can write all of my different runs in my calendar and I can see my progress through that. Is it achievable? Yeah, I think I can run a, a 5K. I think I can achieve that. I think zero to five is a, is a good timeline. It's nice, it's measurable, relevant. Is it relevant to my overall plan? So the goal is to get fit. Um, yeah, definitely running a 5K is relevant um timely so how long is this goal going to take you and this is a huge one so a 5k from zero to five that's probably going to take you let's say you're starting really at the beginning like let's say three months or six months if you're me because that's how long it took me <laughs> um so three months, you can then write that all down and you have got a very, very good plan on how to set these goals and how to go after it for yourself. Now, this is all well and good, right? This is all well and good. And we hear it time and time again from all of these podcasters, <laughs> myself included, you know, oh, discipline. Discipline is freedom. You just need to be more disciplined. And, you know, I never want anyone to feel like I'm ahead looking back barking at you saying you just need to be more disciplined you just need to get up every day get out your bed and run 10 miles in the morning you know it is not as simple as that life is very complicated and life can be very cruel and unforgiving and we go through phases of our life where discipline goes out the window because it has to and I think what's important is that you 
let discipline be something that's helping you enrich your life and move towards your goals without the kind of rigid feeling and the fearful feeling I think that's a big one the fearful feeling of discipline it will look different for everybody my discipline in the beginning was simply going for a walk that was terrifying and I've spoken spoken about this a little bit in previous episodes but I thought I'd paint a picture of kind of what that looked like for me like that first walk what that looked like and why it was so difficult for me um so I was suffering from awful awful depression um and without going into too much detail about diagnosis or anything like that I had a really hard time keeping my mind in a safe place um I had some things happen where I just my world was really really rocked and I started relying on food for comfort and food for just making me feel like a human being which yeah is very sad to think back on now but because of that and because of my fitness levels um, and because of how badly I was eating I had started to lose uh, my hair Um, I shouldn't say because of my fitness levels but um, because of my poor diet and my uh, bad habits around alcohol I had started to lose my hair so I was and I'm not going to say any numbers because I, d- I don't think that's helpful for anyone. Um, but I was at five foot two, you know, I was um, struggling with my weight, let's say, and losing my hair. And I was wearing wigs. Um, I had acne as well. Um, and I, yeah, I was, wasn't fitting into any of my clothes. Like every single week I would break another pair of uh, another top or another skirt or you know I, I I wasn't wearing trainers I didn't wear trousers for like maybe a year two years towards the end because I was so terrified of people seeing the shape of my legs which now looking back is definitely a issue that I wish I'd worked on accepting myself a little bit more but that's a it's <laughs> a whole other episode um and I, I, I didn't own a pair of trainers. I only wore heels because everything about me was a mask. So, you know, wearing wigs, I wore huge false eyelashes. I had a lot of makeup on. Um, the tattoos, even though I love them and they're a dear part of my story and my chapters, they were very much an armor for me. And the way I dressed was also very, you know, I wore long skirts and the same tops every single day same thing three three layers of shapewear so I'd wear two pairs of short spanks and then a kind of gusset over the top and a pair of heeled boots that was what I wore every single day now this is so painful to talk about I haven't spoken about this in such a long time um it would take me three or four hours to leave the house if I was going to leave the house um so I would first of all have to put a wig on which took ages um, because I didn't want anyone to see or know that I was losing my hair. I'd lost my hair. Uh, So that would take an hour and a half, lots of tears, lots of ripping it off my head, lots of just incidents happening and feeling just awful. Um, Then I would put on all my makeup, put on my eyelashes, um, put on my shapewear, throw you know put my skirt on my top my jackets all my rings um and then just then 
if I had a drink, if I had enough to drink and I was drunk enough, I would leave um, at night. <laughs> so that was my reality for about a year or two years. And that's why I nearly failed university. And of course, you know, someone could sit there and say, well, why did you need all of that? You didn't need all of that. You could just leave the house, whatever, like wear a hat and don't wear makeup and, you know, just put on a pair of joggers. But that for some reason, I just in my in my own mental health issues, that is what I was comfortable in. And that was the ritual that had to happen for me to lose, leave the house. And looking back, I wish I could have said to myself, just, you know, you're beautiful, beautiful young woman. You don't need makeup and you certainly don't need to be putting all these layers of clothes on. You, you can just go in joggers to uni. Like you're a creative, intelligent, wonderful human. And you don't need to hide behind all of this stuff. But Anyway, I felt I did. So those were all the comfort layers I had on. So for me to then enter into this new chapter of trying to find discipline and it being starting with a walk, that's why I always say the walk was the hardest part because for me, <laughs> leaving the house in the day with a pair of trainers and a pair of leggings on, no you know, no makeup. And I think I had a sports wig. So I would wear like a kind of uh, headband with like a little wig on the back. Um, and listen, I got really good at, at hair stuff. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's something I'm proud of. I'm very good at doing hair and wigs. But, um, you know, that was a lot. That was that was a really traumatic thing to go through losing losing your hair at, at, um, at 18 is not, I don't think any young woman would find that easy. Um, and I do get a lot of questions about that, but the reason I lost my hair was uh, because of my poor diet. You know, I wasn't getting any nutrients, none. My nails weren't growing either. Um, and then I was kind of anxious ticks and because it was falling out, I was pulling it. And anyway, what helped it come back and what grew, what grew it back was good diet um, movement, you know, getting myself together and becoming a healthy person but obviously if you're suffering from hair loss it's really important you go to a doctor and because there's there's alopecia there's so many different reasons why people lose their hair so really important for you to figure out what it is why it's happening for you if it is happening for you um, and get the treatment that you need so you know if we think about that Cassia who feels really really stuck and just like it's impossible like the door is this big looming terror thing and I used to have these absolute meltdowns before leaving like I it so many I would cancel plans I would never go I just would say oh this has happened or this has happened make up excuses lie to my mates and say you know I just don't want to and then I'd collapse into bed cry order food and you know that would be it or I'd get drunk on my own or if I anyway I don't need to go into all of those details it's not not a nice story but my point being is that I bought a pair of trainers from the charity shop that was a huge step going to the charity shop in the day um and I decided I was going to go for a walk and I walked you know I think down to the end of my street and back um and came back and that was sort of the first step and I thought okay well that was kind of I didn't die I managed to do it and so then I said, right, okay, well, I'm going to get a calendar and I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to walk to the bottom of the street and back. And slowly but surely, then I made it to the train station and back. Then, you know, a week later, I made it to the park and back. Then the week after I made it into the park, then I came back. Then I made it round the park. Then I came back. Then I thought, okay, gosh, at this point, I'm feeling pretty damn good. 
I'm listening to music, I'm looking at the trees, the life is returning to my life. I'm developing the muscle of discipline because I'm being rewarded by what I'm doing and it's feeling good and I'm making changes and I'm seeing the changes and I'm feeling less afraid about life and I'm feeling braver. So, <clears throat> so it continued like that and that is how I built my base discipline. But do you see how slow and incremental those movements were for me and that is how I've developed the discipline I have now because it was slow and steady and I didn't let it bend until it breaked if there were ever days where I, I was just feeling too it was too much for me you know it's fine it's all right you don't need to walk to the park today but you do need to walk to the end of the street or at least go outside a little bit you know and just go and walk around and come back and I tell that story because I think people think that they're very trapped and I and I believed I was trapped. I mean, I just remember just feeling like this is never going to change. I cannot see how my habits will ever change because it's so ingrained in me and it's so normal for me to feel horrifically sad and not want to be around. That's so normal. That's my normal feeling, you know, waking up and being like, oh, okay, <laughs> here we go again. And I thought that that would be forever. I really thought that would be forever. And it isn't. It's just, it takes that one step. And people, you know, episode one, we we're talking all about the turning point and how there isn't one. And I truly believe that there isn't. There's just a slow gathering of fed upness that happens and then you go for it. But that first walk, that was it for me. And it just built up from there. And teaching myself then those transferable skills of opening that door going for that walk coming back that then led into like my work life my relationships um, being able to care for a dog all of these things that I'm doing now it's because I went for that first walk but it's in building that base level of discipline that I've been able to do this and it looks different on everyone for everyone and doing different activities as well not everybody wants to be a runner some people want to learn how to paint so but that that is discipline every single day going down and you know sitting down and having 15 minutes of practicing your craft that will add up so quickly before you know it you know you're going to be painting wonderful paintings by the end of the month and I think it's very easy to see people in their finished form and not understand or maybe make quick judgments of like, you know, someone is born and they're just knighted uh, an athlete or a, or a professional painter or a musician. But those people have been working at their craft and they started at the beginning. Of course, we've all got different starting points, but everybody has to go through that journey. And I think realizing that there is no such thing as like a perfect timeline or a perfect starting point is one of the best things that you can do. And I said it today on my stories, but, you know, if I could give anyone any advice, it's not to wait around. Don't wait around for the sign from God. Don't wait around for your life to start. Don't don't rely on other people. Don't, you know, wish that there's going to be this massive moment and it's all going to click into place. And, oh, I'll do it Monday. I'll wait until my new diary arrives or whatever it be, you know, greatness is in the hands of us all if only we go and we seek it. And I think that's what's why I love the metaphor of running so much to talk on this podcast because 
to think of Cassia with, you know, hiding away and not feeling like she could go out and feeling so trapped to now, like, I'm running, <laughs> I'm running 100 kilometers next year through the Alps in an ultra marathon. Okay. Which is like the most free I think anyone can ever be. I get so emotional talking about this stuff. I just bloody love running, don't I? But it's what it represents. And I think if you could put those two people together and see them, you'd think those are completely different people, but we're the same person. It's just, I took control of my destiny because discipline is destiny. So that is today's episode on discipline. And I hope I gave you some tools there to think, or maybe just some food for thought. Um, I hope you can see that self-discipline doesn't deprive you. It grants you freedom. And I think switching that around in your mind and not seeing it as something that's going to take away your life, but something that's going to give you it is like life changing. All those training runs I did, all those things I missed, you know, I missed out on, I don't know, a pub visit here and there to train, but I'm going to be in the Alps free running I mean my god like just it's life you're you have the you have it in your hands the ability to change your destiny and the ability to change your timeline um but just know that it happens slowly and before you know it you'll be waking up thinking bloody hell I'm so happy I went for that walk man like I'm so happy I got out of the house and you know the fear of having those ghosts of all the people that you could have been looking over you. I think it's just, that should be enough to get your butt into gear for real. Could, anyone is capable of it. I oh God, anyone. And you don't, you know, you don't have to tell yourself I am the way I am forever, or I'm not the fitness person. I'm not the, you know, you can be, your identity is what you create for yourself. Maybe, you know, if next week I decide that running's not for me and I want to do something else, I'll do it and I'll work hard at it because that's all that matters is that you give yourself the opportunity and the chance to work hard. Give yourself the best shot you can with kindness. So we're going to end today's podcast on a poem. I've been taking submissions from you all in my DMs. So thank you so much for sending them to me. Um, really really beautiful ones uh we didn't do do one last week because the episode with savannah ran on but this is a beautiful one um and this is by a poet called emery hall and it is called i have been a thousand different women make peace with all the women you once were lay flowers at their feet offer them incense and honey and forgiveness honor them and give them your silence Listen, bless them and let them be, for they are the bones of the temple you sit in now, for they are the rivers of wisdom leading you towards the sea. I have been a thousand different women. So there we go. For every version of myself, for every version of you, honour them, love them, they got you to where you are, and for every version that you will be in the future, if you stay disciplined with kindness and patience. So with that, I will leave you. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode, we're going to be talking all about intuitive eating and movement uh, and some health and fitness industry myths. So I look forward to delving into that one with you. Um, please, if you can, give me a five-star rating. It really helps me keep this podcast going. Uh, love you all. I'll chat to you soon. Um, my DMs are always open. Until next week. Bye-bye.